discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Paul Joseph Watson reports CNN's Michael Smirkonish says that people who don't take the vaccine should be socially ostracized and shunned by their friends and family. During a segment on his show, Smirkonish discussed a suggestion made by prosecutor Michael Stern in a USA Today opinion piece about vaccination uptake agreeing that businesses should make getting the vaccine mandatory as a condition of employment, Smirkonish said, quote, We've got to shun folks. We've got to shun people into getting vaccinated, end quote. He also asserted that family members and friends should socially ostracize those who choose not to take the vaccine. Quoting from Stern's article, Smirkonish stated, quote, People should require friends to be vaccinated to attend barbecues and birthday parties they host. Friends don't let friends spread COVID, end quote. Smirkonish then proudly revealed the results of a poll on his website, which found that 73% of respondents thought it was, quote-unquote, time to shun. On Twitter, Rahim Kassam remarked, quote, Doesn't Smirkonish realize we absolutely want to be shunned by people like him and his viewers? That's literally the dream, end quote. And Donald Trump Jr. commented, quote, This isn't going to end well, end quote. Smirkonish and his ilk are not encouraging others to shun anti-vaxxers because they care that much about incentivizing more people to take the vaccine. They're shunning them so as to legitimize the brutal discrimination that will be metered out later on down the line to those who don't take it. Summit.news Oh snap! I sense a war brewing between quote-unquote anti-vaxxers and, well, everybody else. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Howdy folks. Generally speaking, any war involves two diametrically opposed sides, and I really barely have time today to look at one side of the argument, and we shall examine the counter-argument in a future program. But which side is it gonna be, Ruckus? Well, I flipped a coin, and it looks like yours truly is going behind enemy lines, so to speak, as we take a look at the mainstream narrative, a massive propaganda agenda put forth by a shadowy group 
of power elites. A bunch of soulless scumbags who we probably have never even heard of, yet arguably are in control of the whole show. And apparently, they feel it's time to confront quote-unquote anti-vax aggression. And according to Peter Hotez, writing for Nature, halting the spread of the coronavirus will require a high-level counter-offensive against new destructive forces. The author writes, quote, Nearly 1 billion COVID-19 vaccine doses have been delivered in less than six months, but anti-vaccine disinformation and targeted attacks on scientists are undermining progress. These threats must be confronted directly, and the authority and expertise of the health community alone aren't enough to do this. Even before the pandemic, I had a front row seat to all of this. I have co-led efforts to develop vaccines and programs, including a COVID-19 vaccine currently being tested in India. I also have an adult daughter with autism. My 2018 book, Vaccines Did Not Cause Rachel's Autism, became a dog whistle for anti-vaccine activists. The World Health Organization recognized vaccine hesitancy as a top threat to global health before the pandemic. As COVID-19 vaccines moved through development, the public health communities anticipated considerable vaccine hesitancy. Teams of experts, including me, began meeting regularly online to discuss how best to amplify evidence-based messages, deliver public service announcements, and address concerns around COVID-19 immunization. I experienced sinking feelings during our Zoom calls. Although certainly worthwhile, I knew that messaging alone would be inadequate. We'd already seen this inadequacy in our efforts to prevent measles from returning to the United States and Europe in 2019, and to bolster vaccination rates for human papillomavirus to prevent cervical and other cancers. With COVID-19, our pro-vaccine messages would be drops in a vast sea of misinformation, much of it poured in deliberately by anti-vaccine forces. I have a long-standing disagreement with many of my U.S. public health colleagues. I admire their commitment to disease prevention, but when I ask for a more direct way to counter anti-vaccine aggression, I'm told, that's not our approach. Confrontation gives them a platform and oxygen. In my opinion, this attitude reflects a time when we had dial-up mode Today, the anti-vaccine empire has hundreds of websites and perhaps 58 million followers on social media. The bad guys are winning, in part because health agencies either underestimate or deny the reach of anti-science forces and are ill-equipped to counter it. Investigations by the U.S. State Department and the U.K. Foreign Office have described how Russian intelligence organizations seek to discredit Western COVID-19 vaccines vaccines. One campaign implies that it could turn people into monkeys. This builds on a longer, well-documented history of Russia-sponsored disinformation, presumably to destabilize the United States and other democratic countries. The administration of U.S. President Joe Biden has warned Russian media groups to halt their anti-vaccine aggression and announced sanctions tied to disinformation and other behavior, but we need much more. The United States hosts the world's largest and best organized anti-vaccine group.
subgroups. According to the London-based Center for Countering Digital Hate, these are influential groups, not a spontaneous grassroots movement. Many far-right extremist groups that spread false information about last year's U.S. presidential election are doing the same about vaccines. Anti-vaccine groups also target black communities. An anti-vaccine documentary released in March vilifies COVID-19 vaccine testing among African Americans, calling it medical racism. Global anti-vaccine messaging around the adenovirus vaccines means that more people will die and the pandemic will be prolonged. Extremely rare but life-threatening blood clots caused the United States to pause rollout of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and many European nations have stopped or restricted use of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine for similar reasons. However, those regions have other vaccine options, which is not the case for many countries. In March, Cameroon and the Democratic Republic of the Congo halted use of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine, and the African Union has stopped procurement. Many people in Africa are tapping into anti-vaccine messaging. A rumor tracking program from the analytics company Noveta in McLean, Virginia, finds that Russia specifically targets African countries to discredit Western vaccines in favor of its own Sputnik V. U.S.-based anti-vaccine groups invoke colonialism and eugenics. Now, tens of thousands of vaccine doses are going unused. Anti-vaccine disinformation has turned reasonable questions and concerns over rare side effects into conspiracy worries, exaggerated fears, and outrage at being treated like guinea pigs. Accurate, targeted counter-messaging from the global health community is important but insufficient, as is public pressure on social media companies. The United Nations and the highest levels of governments must take direct, even confrontational, approaches with Russia and move to dismantle anti-vaccine groups in the United States. Efforts must expand into the realm of cybersecurity, law enforcement, public education, and international relations. A high-level interagency task force reporting to the UN Secretary General could assess the full impact of anti-vaccine aggression and propose tough, balanced measures. The task force should include experts who have tackled complex global threats such as terrorism, cyber attacks, and nuclear armament because anti-science is now approaching similar levels of peril. It is becoming increasingly clear that advancing immunization requires a counter-offensive. Nature.com Oh, and I suppose I should officially document for the record that article was published on April 27th, 2021. Fast forward two weeks to today and let us see how the battle is going on the Canadian front. LifeSite News reports, The Physicians College of Canada's largest province, Ontario, said it will investigate doctors who post on social media their opposition to COVID-19 lockdowns, controversial public health measures, vaccines, or promoting quote-unquote unproven treatments for COVID-19. In a statement issued April 30th, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, CPSO, said that there have been quote isolated incidents of physicians using social media to spread blatant misinformation and undermine public health measures meant to protect all of us, end quote. As a result, the CPSO said in a statement that it is quote 
concerned about the increase of misinformation circulating on social media and other platforms regarding physicians who are publicly contradicting public health orders and recommendations. Physicians hold a unique position of trust with the public and have a professional responsibility to not communicate anti-vaccine, anti-masking, anti-distancing, and anti-lockdown statements and or promoting unsupported, unproven treatments for COVID-19. Physicians must not make comments or provide advice that encourages the public to act contrary to public health orders and recommendations. End quote. The CPSO went on to state that physicians who engage in speech contrary to the government narrative may, quote, face an investigation by the CPSO and disciplinary action when warranted, end quote. In response to the April 30th CPSO statement, a group of physicians from across Canada, along with concerned citizens, put out a declaration stating the CPSO's message is, quote, unethical, anti-science, and deeply disturbing, end quote. The declaration reads, quote, we physicians believe that with the CPSO statement, a watershed moment in the assault on free speech and scientific inquiry has been reached. We will never comply and will always put our patients first, end quote. The physician's declaration has been signed by 5,202 individuals at the time of this writing, with 203 of those signatures from doctors. Ontario Dr. Patrick Phillips, who signed the declaration and who has been critical of lockdowns and has supported the use of vitamin D to help overcome COVID-19, blasted the CPSO statement on social media, saying he will not comply. Quote, Ontario's medical regulator tasked with protecting the rights and safety of patients has actually banned informed consent for patients. They have taken away your right to be informed about the harms of lockdowns, vaccine adverse events, and COVID treatments. I will not comply. End quote. Anti-lockdown doctor Colvinder Cower Gill of Brampton also took to Twitter to fight back. She retweeted many tweets that blasted the CPSO's letter, such such as one that said, quote, CPSO adds Ministry of Truth to their list of duties. Only government-approved truth is allowed. All other positions are forbidden, end quote. In social media posts, Gill has stated many times over the last few months her views on vaccines and COVID-19 lockdowns. She has been an advocate of using hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID, saying the smears against the drug as an effective treatment for COVID-19 quote, need to stop. End quote. Gill was issued warnings by the CPSO for her anti-lockdown views, her promotion of alternative treatments for COVID-19, such as hydroxychloroquine, and for blasting COVID-19 vaccines as quote-unquote not needed. Gill, along with a legal team from the Constitutional Rights Center, headed by Toronto-based lawyer Rocco Galati, have launched a $6.8 million libel suit against those who she says have opposed her along with the past president of the Ontario Medical Association, OMA. Gill is claiming her reputation as a doctor has been maliciously maligned through a coordinated attack. In addition to Gill, other Ontario doctors who have come out against COVID-19 lockdowns and public health orders took to social media to criticize the CPSO statement. Dr. Matt Strauss retweeted an image of a portion of text from the Geneva Declaration of the World 
World Medical Association, saying, quote, I will not, even under threat, use my medical knowledge to violate human rights and civil liberties, end quote. Strauss works as an intensive care doctor and was a guest in a recent roundtable hosted by the Canada Strong and Free Network on April 21st to talk about lockdowns. During the online event, Strauss said, quote, We have to take personal risk. The government can't tell you what the meaning of your life is. It should be up to individuals, end quote. Dr. Gil Nimi, a York, Ontario emergency room physician, retweeted the CPSO statement and wrote, quote, I guess we're done here. See ya, end quote. Nimi said in December 2020 that lockdowns that send people into financial ruin are not the answer to the COVID-19 crisis, and that he shakes his head at his co-workers who go on social media ranting about a full emergency room. Jay Cameron, a lawyer for the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, JCCF, told LifeSite News that the CPSO's attempt to stifle its members' speech is an abuse of authority. Cameron said, quote, In attempting to suppress the speech of physicians regarding their findings, observations, and thoughts on COVID lockdowns, the Ontario College of Physicians behaves like a tyrant and abuses its authority as a professional regulator. It acts with arrogant presumption. The College of Physicians has no monopoly on the truth, and it is not infallible, end quote. Cameron noted that it is contrary to the time-honored principles of scientific inquiry and the marketplace of ideas, quote, to suppress public discourse and the search for truth, end quote. Cameron went on to say, quote, informing physicians they cannot publicly discuss their observations and concerns regarding COVID lockdowns and the devastating impacts on their patients is no different than the Inquisition informing Galileo he could not discuss his findings that the Earth moves around the sun, end quote. According to Cameron, the CPSO must respect and uphold, quote, the freedoms of thought, belief, opinion, and expression of the physicians it governs, end quote. Ontario has been under a strict COVID-19 lockdown after Premier Doug Ford on April 16th introduced extended stay-at-home orders that placed a 10-person limit on church service attendance size, closed playgrounds, implemented provincial border checks, and gave police the power to stop anyone outside his or her home without cause. After public backlash, the government walked back some of its coronavirus rules less than a day later. Playgrounds were allowed to stay open, and in order to question people, police had to have, quote, reason to suspect that you are participating in an organized public event or social gathering, end quote. It is anticipated that Ford might extend the stay-at-home orders nearly one more month to June 2nd, but as of press time, no official announcement has been made. LifeSiteNews.com Well, there we have it, folks. If you're keeping score, it looks like at the end of round one, two points go to the Pharmaceutical Industrial Complex's Bioweaponized Frankenstein's Monsters, aka Pro-Vaxxers, and I'd say at least half a point to the freedom-loving healthy humans, aka anti-vaxxers. Join me next time, won't you, for round two. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been the Daily Ruckus for Tuesday, May 11, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.